this is Object to This, an Ace Attorney fancast. I'm Stephanie, not my division. I'm Michelle, Pain Hurricane. And I'm Como. And I can't wait to go to London to get me some haggis. Hi, Como. Hi. You haven't been on this podcast since last time you were on this podcast. Like two whole years. Damn. Is it okay to swear on this podcast? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Thank you for asking that question. Well, well, I don't know who your fan base is. So, We've had an explicit rating since episode one. Yeah. That doesn't stop the 13-year-olds from listening. Hey, guys. What's Hi, up? guys. How are you? Hey, Stephanie, can you explain for them 13-year-olds who just jumped on this train uh, who Como is? So if people... Most people start at the beginning and then listen yeah. through. You freaks. You freaks. You freaks. geeks. You ace attorney geeks. Nerds. So you listen to us live cast Apollo Justice in Dual Destinies, and it's no longer live. Man, we're su- it's surprising how many of those theories we got right, though. Anyway. anyway about, about Dual Destinies. Cuomo's been on a long time ago. Well, I don't remember the last episode she was on. Definitely the one filmed during New Year's, two years ago. Oh, you were you were special on that on our Christmas episode, yes. first Christmas episode. It's been a while, son. But um, filmed. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you were actually on one where we talked about you getting pulled over by a police officer whose last name was Wright. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh God, that was a terrifying night. But it ended up that. really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's been a long time, but Cornwall has not disappeared from our lives. So remember that one time up up that we killed all our friends. Hey, mop up. We didn't. Gomel's <laughs> right here. Or am I? Anyway, Co- what I really wanted you to explain, what I really wanted you to explain is Komal is our Meiji Japan expert. Yeah, we had mentioned that because we thought maybe Rachel, and turns out Rachel's really good at Tokugawa, a different era of Japan that's not relevant to Ace Attorney. Yeah, so once again, Rachel from the first two episodes will never be back on this podcast. Just gotta say though, Tokugawa is much better than Meiji. I don't know. I don't know. Either. I don't know shit. So let's go. It's because wait, hold wait. on. No, we gotta Turn wait. Out. We gotta get ask. What's the news? What's the news? So the news is we've got a bunch more Famitsu scans, um, including some price ge- like priceless gems such as Hurt Vortex, the Chief Justice of whatever court in is happening. Of Old Bailey, I guess. Um, uh, the Chief Justice of, of Old Bailey. So we also That's actually wrong accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> um, so we also have um, a girl Lestrade who looks about to be fifteen and is kind of a street vagrant. We don't know what's happening with her. Um, and, uh, some other characters who are very interesting. Go, if you want to go see what those are, go look at the Famitsu scans. We're not going to talk about it. Go check it out. Also, um, cloakless, um, Baron Von Zeeks, he took his douche cape off. His douche cape off? His douche cape off. Well, he did. And so you get to see what the the whole ensemble looks like. It's as douchey as you thought it was. I mean, it's just exactly what you thought. It's got epaulets and everything. So that's all. I mean, check out them Famitsu scans. That demo is still live, and Core I, Records is translating it. He's still less broad than Game One Phoenix yes. with these shoulder epaulets. Everyone things. has slimmed down. That's Mop, all. Mop up. Damn it! It's still on. I lost it, but I met. I lost it, man. Is still on track with the um '80s shoulder pads theory and how they're gone now. Also, I want to wait. Como, can you say that again louder? Oh, sexy. 
She thinks Baron Von Zeeks' movie sexy. I kind of just like his little outfit. No, um, I don't. I looked at it again. Komal, what's your opinion on Miles Edgeworth? Where does he fall on the sexy scale? Do I need to pull up a picture? Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Get an uh, investigation. Should I get ass shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it um, back. Now I remember what he looks like. Mm, I'm okay. Thanks. <laughs> On a scale of zero to... Is he sexy, sexy, free, and single and ready to mingle? Oh, no, he's very entangled with Phoenix Wright. Uh, oh, he's got a husband. Lost it to the other side. Story of my life. Actually, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry about my idea. So anyway, um, Komal thinks Baron Von Zeke's is sexy, so that means she only goes for vampires, wait, not wait, for wait, regular wait. edgeworths. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's pull up Dual Destiny's Edgeworth for her real quick. Oh, because she's got a dead complex. I forgot. She has. <laughs> oh, damn. I like the glasses. Pirate coat helps. I just can't get the cravat. Just the cravat kills it all. Okay, so Cole, Cole has a thing for deads and vampires. This is what we learned. Wait, Bratworth? Does Bratworth, Bratworth. do anything for you? It's the cravat. It just destroys it all. The hair is nice. It's a little Final Fantasy, but whatever. Yeah, it's very Sephiroth hair. Yeah, very. Yeah. Sephiroth. Um, <laughs> so, I need to go back into these games. I forgot how much I enjoyed Anyway, them. that's the news. Komal. Yes, ma'am. What What the fuck's the Meiji era? The Meiji. The Meiji era? What is Meiji? <laughs> the gift of the Magi <laughs> by O'Henry. <laughs> what is gift What is gift Magi? What is gift Magi? How Magi? <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how magi is Yeah, it? on a scale of one to sexy Edgeworth, how magi is the magi era. <laughs> that's a title episode. Oh, mostly, Not that okay, sexy. Okay, let's talk about when. When. Okay, so the magi era happened after the Tokugawa period ended, which... Um, Hold on, time out. What's the Tokugawa well, period? Well, I'll get into that. Hold on, time out. Komo, why, why are we coming to you with this, with, for asking for this information? What's your expertise? Give us your deets. My deets? Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, I did a thing called international relations with an emphasis on East Asian relations, particularly in Japanese history. Where are you now in your life? I am currently in law school. <laughs> I mean, everyone on this podcast will be like, oh, wow, them credentials. But I'm like, well, fuck, you got two more years of hell to go through. Yeah, and hopefully... And GP's like, I'm so proud of all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, GP. <laughs> And hopefully in the future I'll get to do international law within the East Asia area, particularly with Japan and South Korea. Mm-hmm. That's my deed. So that's why we came to Komal. Yes. For the Meiji era. So she's got some notes for us. So she's going to give us the Meiji era lowdown that we promised you uh, about a year ago. Yeah, when this game was fucking announced. Yep. Um, and now, like I said, it's been a while since I've been dabbling, so I'm going to do my best. That's um, good. No, notes we I have, that. memorization, and, well... Meiji era spanned between 1868 and 1912. Um, and Which, as we'll remember from last episode, lines up with when Sherlock Holmes would have been alive. Where did that line up in America history? He would have died around 1908. He would have been an old man in the, in the early right. 1900s. And that was during Lincoln. Late Lincoln. Late Lincoln Late. is Late Lincoln is 1860s. That's when the um that's when the the um the Continental Railroad. The Continental Railroad, the Transcontinental Railroad would have been finished a couple of years after Lincoln's death. So, Meiji era lines up for when between, because basically between Lincoln and the Transcontinental Railroad and ni- early, the 19-teens, World War One-ish, is the Meiji era, and that is also when Sherlock Holmes would have been a thing if he was real. 
So that's your your yeah. We're talking eighteen seventies is when Sherlock Holmes would have been like twenty, which is how old he is. He appears in this game, but who the fuck knows with anime age? Wee wee. So okay, also watch on. Oh, fuck fucking watch on throws everything off. Okay. So yeah. Yes, sorry. it's all right. So what? Quick um, informational bit about just Japanese history and how it's separated. It's typically separated based off of the um, the area of the person who is leading the the, the country as, as either um, the emperor or, or a military figurehead. So, for example, during, um, during the Meiji era, it's, it was actually the uh, Meiji emperor, whose real name is um, uh, Emperor Mutsuhito. And so, usually, the era is named after the... Um, the current emperor? The, well, not the current emperor, but the current leader. Okay. So when Tokugawa, which came before the Meiji era, he, um, the, it was the entire line of Tokugawa, Tokugawa Bakufu leaders. And Bakufu was the military organ, uh, family that was in charge of the entire country. And actually during Tokugawa, um, the Tokugawa, I want to call him emperor, but he's technically not an emperor, but the head, he had taken all, all of the country and unified it, which had never happened before. You, a lot of... Japan used to be separated into what are called hans, which are small fiefdoms where you'd have a family controlling the entire area and the samurai within those area. So, I, uh, obviously, before we go into the Meiji era... Again. Yes. So, people know what samurai are, theoretically, from movies. Can you tell us real, real quick, like, what were samurai to Japan? Okay, so samurai were synonymous, almost synonymous with, with knights, but they had a more, a different um, code of ethics... Um, which contained in a book called, uh, in the concept of the Bushido. Okay. So what we've got so far is Tokugawa, unified country. Before that, essentially feudal separations. Feudal areas, Enforced yes. by samurai, like... In, enforced by family heads who employed these who samurai. Who employed samurai, okay. And a lot of these family heads were samurai themselves. Okay. A more little, slightly more poignant question. If someone wanted to watch an anime, because that's easy for people to digest... What would be a good anime that would exemplify? Well, this? it really depends on the would, area um... you're looking for. Because, for example, I would say when you want to look at like the end of the Tokugawa, uh, Peacemaker would be a very good one. Okay. Or um, I can't remember the name, but I remember the character Manji. What, what about Seven Samurai live action? Seven Samurai would be good, but Seven Samurai was actually the, at the end of the Tokugawa, and they were um, fighting against okay um, this this modernization that okay. was coming in. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. Um, a great tale to look at would be the tale of Heike, okay. which was done. It was a it's a legendary tale about fights between two different um, two different Hans um, about a long battle done prior to I think in the 1300s, and it was a struggle between it was a struggle between the Taira clan and the Minamoto clan, and a lot of famous um, samurai like legendary samurai have come from the Minamoto clan. For example, Yoshitsune would be one of them. So. The Tokugawa was, was, was a very militaristic society, um, very conservative, and so they, they kept a very close um, watch on their people. And so this, this period spanned all the, way be, uh, all the way from Tokugawa Ieyasu, who was the beginning of the Tokugawa period, all the way to um, Tokugawa Yoshinobu, who was the one who gave up the, uh, the uh, seat. So that the emperor can come back. Before that, it was usually the emperor who was the, the head of the 
this society and and during the Tokugawa period the emperor had been kind of locked up in Kyoto in like almost a golden cage type of setting no one really listened to him he was more of a because Shintoism looked to the emperor as a deity he was more he was seen more of as a deified person but not very important to society um, the Mejiera, like um, I said, was named after the Emperor Mitsuhito, and it means the Enlightened Rule. Now, the the background between b between the shift from Tokugawa to Meiji, um, it's uh, is that before the Meiji Emperor took over, the country had been under um, the the Shogunate, which is the the military head under the Tokugawa. And during this late the late Shogunate, Japan had extended its isolationist policy. Japan, for the longest time, refused to have any form of culture that they didn't look over come into their country. So, for example, there are only two ports within the entire country that allowed any form of Western ideals to come in. And the only Western ideals that they even allowed were Dutch ideals. So, <laughs> I don't know why they were Dutch. Oh my God. Okay, so wait. Hold up. Quick question. Where, like, in the continent of Eurasia is is Holland. The, Holland. Holland. Is it in, like, the fucking middle of Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Top. Top. Um, sort of, like, there. you know how, like, there's, like, France, and, like, then some other shit, and then Poland and Germany? The some other shit is, like, <laughs> Holland and the Netherlands and yes. stuff. So fucking, like, Holland's, like, might as well sail! I don't know why I keep doing something. <laughs> I do like how your default accent for literally everything in Europe is, so far, has been... Shit Texan, but I guess I'm down with it. I guess. So, as, as, a, as a person with a Dutch last name, because I don't even want to say person of Dutch descent, because fuck, who knows. My last name's Lithuanian or Norwegian, so it's that some other shit, I don't want to go there. Now hold up, time out. Lithuanian? Yeah, not Lithuanian? even a country anymore. It's not even a Do country anymore. Lithuanian? Since yeah. when is Lithuanian not a country? I'm no, pretty country. sure it's a country. Let's Why do you guys keep saying Lithuania instead Lutheran of is a country? Lithuania. Lutheran. Lithuania. Lutheran is a type Lutheran. of Christianity. It is Lithuania is a country. It is Luther is a guy who reformed the ch Christian yeah, church. Yeah, it's still a country. It is. It's wow. Lithuania. Lithuania. Do you know how many times it's been taken over by fucking Poland, though? Because, yes. Poland's bored and angry. Yeah, and Poland is the one who always gets taken over by Germany. Just I the can't one say time. any of those names. Where's, where's Holland? I don't even see Holland. Did I scroll too far out for Holland? Why don't you look for Holland then? <laughs> no. You scrolled way too far out for Holland. It's, it's the very small. The Netherlands are here. We're bad at this. We're Americans. That's why. We're I we used to not holiday in. How do you know you're Americans? Your Google Maps defaults to Holiday Inn and not Holland. Yeah, Holland is a city. In Belgium. Yeah. The oh in the Netherlands. In the there Netherlands. We go. Netherlands. Shit, we're My bad. fucking ignorant American. We're gonna, we'll see if I'm this all gets cut out or not. Anyway, um, Hopefully. so the Netherlands are the Dutch. Yes. I know. I don't understand why, but... They just wanted them mad, uh, the mad pancakes and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, pancakes are so mad. Right, they but like, this is a, so the, here are the problems that this created. The Dutch didn't really adopt... Newer medicine and things like that fast enough. Hold so, up, time out. 
Fuck, I forgot what we were actually talking about before we got on this tangent. Only Japan. Japan would only had two ports in, and the only Western culture they'd let in is the Dutch. And then I got wicked off track. The Dutch were... It's this is I, back when the Dutch were, were back in my realm, is we're trying to take over the world along with Spain and France. The only reason yes. I know this is because that one fucking episode of Shamrock Shampoo. Not gonna lie. Well, the reason why... I don't even remember. There's one episode where the guy's like, I, I'm from Japan, and he's completely Dutch. He's got, like, curved <laughs> shoes, like, blonde hair, blue eyes. It's so fucking funny. That's all right. Funny. No, no, it's cool. But yeah, so... They let the Dutch in, but the thing is, by the time it reached the modern public, that science was already outdated. Yeah. So it took a while for them to get newer and newer shit. So Japan thought, hey, you know what? You know, I see all these, like, other countries getting taken over, so instead of us trying to, like, meet up halfway and be like, yo, don't take us, because we're cool, and not Japan, I mean the Tokugawa leaders, they were like, no, let's close our borders off more. And this is what the story with Commodore Perry, who was like, well, if you don't, if I, by the time I come back, if you don't open up the doors, we're going to bomb you, because Com- that's the American Com- way. Yep, I was going to um, say, Commodore Perry's an American, you can tell, because of his douchey behavior. Yep. So by that time, like, by the time Perry came back, Japan was also under, uh, already under such political turmoil that it was just like, okay, you might as well let him in. Now, real time out for a hot sec, we need to explain Commodore Perry to our, maybe some of our European yes. audience, uh, and uh, our Australian <laughs> friends. Stephanie. And Stephanie. So, um, Japan's got sealed borders, uh, this, America kind of gets pissed about that because we're, at this point, we're developed, we've had our, our, um, our, um, in, what's it, industrial revolution. Yes. Commodore Perry is one of, is, the, basically the U.S. military sent Commodore Perry out to, uh, not circumnavigate the world, but, like, see what else, see what was left for conquering, basically. So he rolls up to Japan while Japan is landlocked, and goes, oh, hey, Japan, you want to trade with America? And Japan goes, fuck no, get away from us, we good. And Commodore Perry goes, mm, well, hold on, before that we'll time, kill you. before that time, there was a sentiment going around in Japan um, called Sono Joi, which was a group of supporters of the emperor, and it was a slowly building group, and their entire slogan was, um, Respect the emperor, expel the barbarian. So this sentiment was going through a lot of people, and that's why Tokugawa was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't let them in. Had Tokugawa let him in, they probably would still be the leaders to this day. So he he basically says, like says, if you don't if you don't open up your borders when I come back next time, basically we're gonna destroy you and we're gonna come in. Which was not necessarily untrue. We probably, we, America, probably could have killed the fuck out of well, all of Well, this them. was after the height of the War of 1812. So, you know, we had defeated the, the British or the, the French. The British. And also there was a Mexican-American War yes, in 1812. Yes, there was. Right. So we were on the height of, like, killing people. Killing, killing people. people. And for this is, fun. This is pre-world, um, this is, this entire, like, ending is yes. pre-world war. Sorry, a civil war at this time. Oh, yeah. We're not fucked yet. We're not even in the Meiji era yet. Like, so Tokugawa was before Meiji. I totally did not pay attention to that part. Oh. Yes. Okay. Um, and so during this time, because there was already a little bit of political instability, there were some clans going, why does the Tokugawa get to be the fucking leader of the, the world? Commodore Perry's on a fucking stamp, guys. Yeah. It's no, yeah. It's an yeah. ugly stamp. Andrew Jackson's on the twenty. I know that. Okay. Trail of Tears? I'm sorry. But you want to talk about an asshole who's on something? Can you look at this ugly stamp Yeah, no, quick? it's ugly. It okay. looks like the Loch Ness Monster surrounded by boats plus Commodore <laughs> Perry's floating head. Guys, please look at the Wikipedia page for Matthew C. Perry. Or go buy it. 
Don't buy this stamp. <laughs> stamp collectors probably charge a lot of money for it's it. It's 1953. I, they, I bet they do. They probably charge like 1,200 yen, which is like a whole, a whole dollar. dollar. Keep okay. going, Komal. So, during this time, Japan's obviously going through this unsettled period. Political strife is already occurring. There's a decline in, in the, shog- uh, the shogunate, which is, again, the military leader, the Bakufus, and the ability to def- um, uh, decline in um, his power because he ha- he can't reform. He can't... Sorry, look at that sexy man. He's jolly! <laughs> All right, hold on. hold on. Hold on. I'm joking. Hold on. I was being joking. On a scale of Miles Edgeworth to Baron von Zeke's, how sexy is Commodore I don't Barry? think he can even be put on that list because I would say Miles is sexy. So negative. So a negative point. <laughs> He's just a fat, jolly man, guys. That's all he is. No, he's not. He is not Can I close this wiki page? Yeah. Okay. Look at him. I don't. That's why I'm closing it. I don't. <laughs> all right. Um, so, <laughs> instability. The shogunate can't reform. Outer pressures of westernization are coming in and demanding the opening of western trade ports. Excuse me, trade ports. You have the whole sentiment of people who are trying to bring the emperor back and then this time there are two Hans, the f- two fiefdoms that uh, lost a bit of power um, before the Tokugawa came in charge. And they're just like, well, why not take down these, um, the Tokugawa? So they start rebelling and having rebellions because that's what happens during rebelling. Mm. <laughs> and due to this, this unstabil- unsta- instability and fight amongst the Tokugawa Hans and the Satsuma and the, Chos- the Chosu Hans, power starts shifting. And so Yoshinobu, um, the Tokugawa head at that time, decides that he's going to transfer his power over to the Meiji Emperor because, I mean, either that or deal with war and strife. Now, at this time, the Meiji Emperor, who was in Kyoto, was only 15 years old. As you know, with 15-year-olds, they don't know shit. Yep. Sorry, sorry, all y'all. You don't. (laughs) And like I said, the last emperor who was in charge of the country was during the Azu... Azuchimomoya um, era, and that was 800 years ago. Okay. I've never fucking heard of that era. Yeah, it's a very small era. I mean, there's like better, like Muromachi and Heian and all these right. cooler ones, and then there's this one. So, some punk kid thinks he's emperor and is also emperor. <laughs> but he the punk he kid. And is emperor. <laughs> well, he's not wrong in his thinking, then, by <laughs> definition, is he, Michelle? Fuck you. <laughs> Go on, go so on. This, sorry. So this, so this punk-ass kid, I'm sorry, I shouldn't call him a punk-ass kid, because he's probably really frightened at this time. He doesn't know what's going on. He's been trained to be more of a Shinto head, a leader of the religion at the time. Mm. Shinto is a Japanese-based religion, which looks to Amaterasu, so which is Aang, the So Aang, the Avatar. Yes. Aang the Avatar. <laughs> From Avatar The Last Airbender. Take a minute, pause this episode, go watch three seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender, plus two, episodes, two seasons of Korra. Four seasons of Korra. There's four? Four seasons of Korra. Damn. Shows you what we know. Mostly I'm talking about how Aang was, like, the leader of the religion and got so scared he fucking ran away. So the first episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. I can tell you that, but this is not an Avatar podcast. No, No, please see winbreakdancers.com for Avatar blog. (laughs) Anyways, um, so, um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. He's scared. He's He's scared. Shinto. So, of course, people, the Chosu and the Satsuma and all these Hans who were trying to fight against the Tokugawa Emperor decided to take advantage of this. And so they kind of set up this oligarchy that, for, that uses the Meiji Emperor as a puppet. 
Now, the reason why they use him as a puppet is because they're, A, first of all, he's the emperor. He's always going to be the emperor. Two, he's the Shinto head, which is the major religion of the time. Buddhism and Shintoism actually went hand in hand at this time. Oh, we talked about this last episode we did. a little. Okay. Um, did you guys touch on um, the reason why the emperor so imp- was so important? No. no. Okay, so when, when Japan was formed, it was known as the land of rising sun, right? As you guys mentioned, you mentioned earlier, Stephanie. I, I mentioned being a bitch. They have a flag. <laughs> The flag literally is <laughs> That's all I know. Is the red sun. Yeah. And so Hold on a second. I need to laugh some more. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. Fuck you. They have a flag. Fuck they, you. Their flag is a white flag with a red circle because they're the land of the rising sun. Yes. That's basically yes. their flag. Everyone fucking has a flag. You said it like it was a special thing. I hate you. Go die in a ditch. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, Bamaterasu was known as the sun goddess, and so she decided, hey, I'm going to create Japan. And so she created Japan, and her dist- distinct, distinct, her descendant, her distinct descendant was a empress. Her line was the, has been, uh, her line is considered, what's the word, uh, sacrosanct, sacrosanct? Is that what I'm saying it right? I don't know what you're saying. The divine line. Okay. Japan won't admit to this, but to this day, I'm sorry, Japan admit, Japan won't deny this, um, and that is that they believe that to this emperor who's, who's currently this little boy, whose name I can't remember, he's not the emperor, but he's the print, print, he's a prince, and he's going to become the next emperor in the future, I would say look up a picture of him because he's the cutest kid I've ever seen in my life. The current emperor of Japan? The, the current prince of Japan. Okay, so... Anyways, okay, so the, Japan, a lot of nationalistic Japanese sentimentality is this line has never been broken. So basically, the emperor is a direct descendant of a god. Right, that is a very firm belief they had, which was, as Americans know, during World War II, that was the one piece of shit thing we did, which yeah. was... Japan, so, you must admit that your emperor is a human being and not a god. Well, that's not god. the only piece of shit thing we, we did. We did a lot of pieces of shit things. <laughs> no, don't even get me started but about like, the piece of shit things we did. But like in the context of this this current yes. discussion, and so like uh, to this day, a lot of a lot of um, god, that's not him. I'm t- trying to li- Prince Hisahito is his name. There you go. Oh. That is like the cutest kid I have ever seen. He's pretty cute. So he's the future, hope maybe the future um, emperor of Japan. The next in line, the next. He's not the next in line. The next in line would be the current emperor's son, the first son, and if the first son dies, then it'd be him. Okay. So Hisahito. Hisahito. Again, he's got some pretty big Dumbo ears. You guys, it's pretty adorable. <laughs> now, now we can't edit any of this out because you gotta make that noise on the air. And he's he's a fan of uh, of animals, and so and that's his mother, who's princess now. No, I want to look at him in a kimono. He's so cute. It's not a kimono, but okay. It's some male form of a kimono. What's it called? That I don't know what's called. It's it's oh, a very traditional look wear. At him in a bad it starts with an H, doesn't it? Look at him in a dude kimono. It's adorable. It's very cute. But it's, it's <laughs> a different. Anyways, he is a very adorable prince. I'm not going to lie. Anyways, a lot of people, like, I don't, maybe even some to this day, believe that he is descendant of a goddess. But during the Meiji era, for sure that was the sentiment. Okay. When the when Tokugawa handed Meiji, the Meiji emperor, the 
the, the, the controls, which not really, he didn't have the controls, it was the oligarchy of all the, some of the small but powerful families. Some uh, 2,000 people who, and when I say people, I mean samurai, who supported the, the Tokugawa emperor, decided, hey, we're going to go to battle. And so there was this bloody battle in, in an area of Tokyo called Ueno, which resulted in a lot of these people dying. Okay. Some of this fight was it was a uh, was connected to the Shinsengumi, which was no, it was the right-handed police of, of the Tokugawa Emperor. That area is more of my specialty of the Tokugawa, and so I would t- I could I could talk about it for hours. So I'm not going to. So we're stopping Shinsengumi so right here. The, time for, for for a hot second. I want you two lines or less describe okay. to me what the Shinsengumi are. The, the Shinsengumi were a police um, policing group in Edo. That protected the emperor and also protected the streets of Edo, and they were led by um, some very, You're very crossing over more than two lines now. Interesting people. Anyways, what I refer to as the samurai police are the Shinsengumi. Yes, they were the police in Edo, which became Tokyo mm-hmm. during the Meiji era. No, this is during Tokugawa. The, this during is still the, Tokugawa. The end of Tokugawa. Yeah. Well, okay. yes. And again, they were they were headed by very interesting people who died during these battles, these okay. last battles. And, so, the, and the interesting thing is, at the end of these battles, they had even adopted Western wear. Okay. So it was it's interesting to note that they were willing to adopt these things. The Tokugawa would have if they were pressured to do it. But the sentiment of maybe we should keep, you know, maybe boost the emperor and 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 expel the barbarian, which completely flipped when the Tokugawa period happened. Okay. I'm sorry, when the uh, Meiji period happened. Well, Commodore, Michi- is Commodore Perry back yet? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Commodore Perry does come back in soon. About, let's say, after... So, shit goes all to hell when he leaves. He comes back. Yes. What happens? Well, when he comes back, you've, you've got a different government, and this government immediately realizes the threat. And so, of course, what are they going to do? They're okay. going to open up their open borders. Open the borders. So, all of a sudden... It's it's all different because, like I said, for eight hundred years they're used to these samurai. Samurai are no longer really seen as a major class, although although they still exist at the time in many places. And the Meiji era starts wanting to adopt Westernization because they realize the fear of colonization. Okay, they think that if they don't adapt, they can be colonized because at this time China had been colonized, which incidentally then Korea by China's weird um, tribute status with Korea had been taken over as well. Not like not so much, but enough where it became a problem. And so obviously they're worried. So at this time, they, they need to find, strike a balance between westernization and, and protecting this, the, the um, Japanese heritage so that they can make their people happy, but also protect them. So what do they do? They adopt this thing, a westernization movement where they're like and they call it the great leap forward not to be confused with the great leap forward in china which happens much later but it happens and so what they do is the japanese send um politicians overseas to study different types of cultures and other politicians are are uh, are sent abroad there are some people who are sent to be educated in different areas okay and who are expected to come back and help build a constitution and all these type of things is it only politicians um, so most of the, most of the people who are sent on on fact finding missions are politicians. Okay. But some, and obviously it won't be like you know the run of the mill guy who they're like, why don't you come and I'll send you overseas. But sons of fa- like of huge families are probably the ones that are being sent abroad. Because this sounds like our friend um, Ryunosuke Naruhodo, who's going to England to find out 
about the law. And that might that might be the actual connection and it between could, these games. It could be that Naruhodo is a big name family, or it could be that um, Mikotoba is a big no, big name family. Mm-hmm. So it could be he is escorting her as she goes to, to learn about the law in a foreign country. That is, yeah, that is a possibility. So and then they brought with Sherlock Holmes. So this is sounding. If this sounds familiar, it should. <laughs> One of the greatest missions that was sent. Um, by this time again, I said that. The borders had been opened, and there was a treaty that had been um, signed at Kanagawa, the Treaty of Kanagawa, that opens up the borders and opens up mostly American influences in the country. And so the Japanese had sent the uh, Iwakura mission to all major ports in Europe, to many major ports in Asia, to again adopt culture, try to understand... But the main purpose, which they did fail ultimately, was to rene- renegotiate the, the Kanagawa Treaty. Again, I don't know the specifics about the treaty. Um, it's been a while. However, it it was it was it was important because it would have pulled reined in more control for the country. Okay. Because again, Westernization has the the tendency to kind of take over culture. And t- the Kanagawa Treaty was the treaty that they made with. Commodore Perry the Initially, second time around. Yeah, the first time around. The first time. Then they went later to the, the countries that they made the treaties with, okay. which was obviously the United States and then other, like Britain, and they tried to renegotiate it to gain more control of their okay, ports. Okay, okay. Because the ports had things like, well, the Americans don't have to pay taxes and all that stuff. Because <laughs> we're dicks. <laughs> we're dicks. And uh, uh, this, is, this is Stephanie factoids, which aren't factoids, they're facts. Uh, during the 1870s, which is kind of in this time frame, is when the first public libraries were available in Japan, so literacy was also becoming a thing in Japan. So for general public, but also they were building national libraries, so including yes. uh, information about country, like Japan as a country nationwide, but also stuff from other countries making a national library. Um, and additionally to this, this, this increase of libraries, school was becoming compuls- compulsory yes. for girls and boys at this time. Um, up until, I, I believe, 14 or 15, girls probably a little younger so you had a lot, before for a while, I don't know if they changed that during the Tokugawa because I don't remember, but girls t- typically didn't know how to read. And now girls are being able to read, they're entering in more into the political atmosphere. And then later on you'll see these transitions when you, when you see um, the Taisho periods and the later periods that right. come with it. And this is the very typical, though, like the rich can afford this, this kind of education, the yeah. poor are still mm-hmm. in the farms. Which um, indicates further that Mikotoba, who can read and study international law at her age, is yes. a wealthy family who has a lot of influence. If you're interested in women's studies and, and Japan changing into a more equal society, there's a movie called Osaka Elegy that I highly recommend. Okay. Again, it's a, it's much. Oh, I think it's post Taisho anyway, so it's not relevant to right now. But again, if you're interested in Japanese culture, you gotta absorb all of it. Like for me, like I just love Tokugawa, but I had to do all. <laughs> so, uh, like I um, like Stephanie had mentioned, libraries were opening, schools were becoming compulsory. Um, the samurai system was also slowly being replaced. Again, samurais were seen as a high class society, and they were being replaced by compulsory military service at the time. For boy, for men, and these these militaries were being trained by the Prussians and the French. What are still being who are, who are being uh, stigmatized in this era? The samurai are. Yeah. They're just like, bro, we helped you guys for all these years, and now look what you're doing. So under the leadership of Saigo Takamori, they decide they're going to have a samurai uprising. Guess what? They lost. Went. Sorry again. 
Saigo Takamori ended up committing seppuku, which is on uh, which is ritualistic suicide. Um, and basically, in a weird way, this started to the samurai started to realize that you can't really do anything anymore. There were many other suicides, and you started having a decrease of samurai and more of an increase in people samurai moving into this entire environment, making businesses and things like that, having different types of lifestyles. But at the same time, they're still honor-bound. And you know how, you know, you guys know how Japanese swords are, where they're not really used for war as much as they're, they're hereditary instruments that are used during warfare. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these swords, for these men who are going to the military, they took their, 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 their family swords with them, just in case they go to war. And so these swords become very important, and they're very... Not only are they a representation of their samurai past, but they're also a representation of their her, her, their 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 descendants, mm-hmm. or sorry, their ancestors and future descendants who will gain them. Which also sounds like our boy Ryunosuke Naruhodo because he walks around with a sword. Mm-hmm. Does he walk around with a sword or two swords? I believe he only, one. Has, one. He only has one. That's interesting because um, two swords were typically what samurai used, mm-hmm. and even people who. Um, but but the thing is, I believe. During this transition into like modern military men, they only had one, if I'm not correct. There, there might have been instances of two. The other sword is typically used for seppuku, which is a ritualistic suicide. So there might have been an decrease at this time. Our boy only has one. So that I, I don't know if that was intentional by the makers of the game. Guy only has one. Uh, billowy headband guy. I don't know how many he has, but continue. Yeah. So I don't know if it's if it's it's symbolic or if there was just like drawing two is too hard. Who knows? Well, well we know anything about the Ace Attorney drawing room. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also seems like um, Ryunosuke is very willing to embrace the Western culture, so he may not carry around a ritualistic sword for seppuku purposes. Yes, yeah. So, because he is embraced, he still embraces his family, which is why he carries right. the family sword, but he has abandoned the samurai way, the samurai way which seems... Not well. In a weird way, in a weird way, the samurai way was synonymous with with uh, with their lineage, but it was no longer used as a way to step on people. Okay. Well, a lot of samurai, like the ones that, who are definitely in the top, definitely used it to their advantage. Billy Habenga only carries one. Okay. Um. So they're both young, though. So I don't know if that means anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. Then I don't know. How many swords does uh pain the 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 pain have? Oh, you want me to look that? You want me to look that up? <laughs> I'm sure you can't see it past the 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 prosecution bench. Keep talking. Oh, okay. So okay. What are we talking about? Anyway, so you have a new military system, um, and they sh- they Japan is able to show its mil- military military superiority in very two important ways. Now, at this time. Japan is afraid of being colonized, which is a, sig- is a significant fear. Okay. There's a chance it's going to happen. Yeah. So the best way they can do is by showing, by showing that they're an economic and a militaristic power. Okay. I'll touch on the militaristic power first and then the economic. So the mil- militaristic power, they decide, well, let's do what all of the Westerners do. And so what they do is, let's try to colonize. So <laughs> the first war that they have is the Sino-Japanese War. Which happened in 1894. Um, so wait, okay, so now, I don't want you to go through every single battle, Como. Of so, course not. So, I don't think I remember I don't every think you battle. can. But so they're, they're trying to be military power, they're trying to colonize, they're fighting with people. Briefly, who do they fight with? 
Okay, so um, there's obviously, there's not obviously, but there are two Japanese and ja uh, Chinese wars. The the one that's important for us right now is the first Sino-Japanese War. Okay. Which, Sino is a different word for um, China, and China during this time it was the Qing Dynasty, who was in charge of China. Um, and China had, China and Jap Japan decided to get into a fight over China's tribute country. Korea. Which is Korea. <laughs> Korea goes through a very messy history from this point on. Um, before, uh, you had the Joseon in, uh, in Korea who, were, who paid tribute to China, and China kind of protected them from other powers. Japan was able to militaristically defeat China, which is very symbolic because the Qing Dynasty in China was very strong, um, strong uh, dynasty. Is this when uh, Japan like actually land invaded China? Yes. Okay. But it's it, this is not like the things like the Battle of Nanjing and stuff that comes much later. This is the second the 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 the, the war atrocity, atrocities that Japan performed was during World War Two. Okay. But this is when they actually go into like the the southern area of China and then go into um, Korea and try to take it over. Because again. They're trying to take over. They're trying to colonize. And 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 the other interesting thing they do is, so you know how I touched on samurai mm -hmm. before. Samurai didn't couldn't do anything. When uh, now samurai had used to be paid before their services in war. They used to be taken care of by their 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 their, their clan leaders. You no longer have that. So what do you do with all these people who have expertise in fighting? You put them in fights. Yeah. Hashtag the Crusades. Am I right, Europe? Thank you. Anyways, um, so you have a whole bunch of samurai fighting this war with China, just for, for primarily for the control of of Korea. There are some port things and some some nationalistic ideals, but not those are important until later on, which is not the era we're touching at. But anyways, so Qing Dynasty had been weakened by now because they were going through the Opium Wars and all that stuff, and so. Obviously, Japan thought this was the perfect time to go, hey, I'm going to take Korea from you guys. So what, they took Korea um, and made that into their colony. Uh, if I believe correctly, the Chosun Dynasty, which was the leaders of Korea at the time, were taken down or, or used as puppets, probably. And so in 1894, Japan had its first official colony. In this way, the Western world viewed it as an actual power instead of a possible area to colonize. Okay. Which made the Western colon uh, Western Western countries kind of shit their pants for a bit. They're like, oh no. But they're like, you know what? It's Asia. They're doing Asia. Whatever. <laughs> you do you, Asia. <laughs> they definitely crapped their pants when the Russo-Japanese War happened between Russia and um, Japan. Oh yeah, that was a oh. fucking thing. Yeah. Oh. Um, Does this explain why there are so many Russians in Daigakuten Saiban? <laughs> You guys cover that. Possibly. Because there's a lot of Russians in the Gagarin. I can think of two. Yeah, that's a lot of Russians. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. As far as the how many Russians are in the other six Ace Attorney games? Kind of one. Kind of one. <laughs> and that's Apollo Justice, so does it count? Russian Apollo Justice is a Russian? Olga, oh, really? Oh, Olga. Yeah, no, she's fake Russian. Yeah, so kind of. Kind of one. Kind of one. Okay, so, um... You, we obviously have the Sino-Japanese War. Sino-Japanese War uh, has the Treaty of Shimonoseki, 
which secedes the Laodong Peninsula, which is basically Japan. I mean, sorry, uh, Korea. Korea, uh, Japan, uh, China also ends up giving Taiwan to the Japanese as well. So you got Japan, the Japanese control of Taiwan and Korea. And I'm glad you answered that, because I was wondering about Taiwan over here. I'm like, it's probably not relevant. No, Taiwan is relevant because it's it's a very important. It, 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 it's a Chinese um, island. It's not tech, It's not the Koreans. It's the Chinese. Mm. So for them, it was a very, it, it's definitely a mark on their, their history. Again, later on with Mao Zedong and all that bullshit, they go through a lot of, you know, now, now Taiwan's its own all country. Right. Anyways. So, after this treaty, Russia, Germany, and France, um, basically are, are, uh, like I said, they were kind of scared, so they're like, you guys need to get out of this land area. And then Russia's like, because you're not getting out of this area, we're gonna try to fight with you, because we're pretty close to you guys. And so, the Russian encroachment happens, in which they, um, they try, basically Russia tries to, to be like, dude, give us this land back, so we can take control of it. And Japan's like, no, bro. Hell no. And now I'm, I'm digressing. Anyways, so that was a significant war. Okay. Russia won, uh, lost in that. Oh. So because Russia lost in that, that is a definite like mark on, on Western history. Because Russia is definitely a Western country. So Japan, this tiny island of Japan, was able to destroy a Western power. Well, also, take down China, which is not insignificantly large. Yes. And Russia, again, and Russia. But again, China had a lot of... China was going through its own problems yeah. at the time. So you could see how that could happen. Mm-hmm. How it could happen with the... Ru- and the, the Russians fought on water, mostly, because that was the territories that they fought on. Because the Japanese weren't trying to encroach on Japanese... I mean, onto Russian lands. They were just defending their port areas. So there was a lot of sea, of sea battles. But these two... These two showed military superiority, which scared the shit out of Japan. Mm. I mean, sorry, of the Western world. Yeah. Which makes sense why the the second the, the treaty was never negotiated, because if it was renegotiated, they could have lost a lot more. Because you have they could have yeah you know, Japan could have used China, sorry Taiwan and in South Korea, sorry North, both Koreas as as, as pawns. Mm-hmm. So you have a new country that's dominating other countries again. Um, there's two new territories. Japan at the same time goes um, through a last two pages, a strict class system which is infle- inflexible, inflexible. But at the same time, there's religious freedom. New const- uh, constitutions are formed, which might connect to why your little buddies in England. Um, but it keeps the Japanese emperor as a sick, sacred person. You now have the freedom to choose your career. You're not born into a career anymore. Yay. Yay! And the smartest thing that Japan could ever done was make their taxation from a rice-based system to yeah. a money-based system. Fuck that rice-based system! You know what was fucking a bad idea, Japan? Yeah. Rice. Now, Can you pay the emperor in rice? Like, no, I don't fucking farm. Well, too bad. Pay up in rice. Well, that, well, well this time, Meiji's obviously taking over uh, countries and... And they're starting to become a a national the national nationalistic movement is building, and the sentiments are building, and they're going to cause problems in the future. We are not going to go into that, but I will leave you guys with a couple of things that Japan benef Japan Japan benefited from, um, and those are things like a telegraph line, the first um, 
postal, like the first national postal service in the country. You had trains, electric trolleys, and new outfit changes. There, there was more, more people wearing um, Western outfits. Kimonos were no longer being worn. Uh, you had more stylish haircuts. Women didn't have to like roll up their hair and put it on their heads. And now this wait, is- Wait, wait, wait. Where else would they put their hair, Cuomo? They cut it. They cut it. They cut uh, it. Okay. They cut it. Roll and then their they hair and put it on their butts. So short hair? So yeah, shorter hairstyles. Very, very similar to the fashions of the United States at this time, in the 1900s, where styles yeah. were starting to- Like, like early 1900s. Yeah. Like yeah. 1900s. The teens. The teens. Um, I know I, um, I'm going to quickly mention the economic significance of the country and why it became very important for the other countries outside of- Japan to become scared, you had these former samurai um, hans or, or, or fiefdoms. In, uh, I don't really like to use the word fiefdom, but you had these families going into industries and forming companies like uh, Mitsui and Mitsubishi, which is the Mitsubishi we know of, um, that later on become very significant, but they're creating so much money and they're, and they're able to bring the country to a very economic um, high. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitsubishi later on becomes very important because they're the country that creates, I'm sorry, they're the company that creates the airplanes that the Japanese use for Pearl Harbor. So you have, the Meiji era definitely be- leads to this, this nationalistic idea that we are the rising sun, we are better than everyone, we should take over, we should do Asia a favor, take them over and protect them from the Western powers. Without really realizing that they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, Mejira, again, lays the foundation for the war atrocities that happen in the future. The, 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 the Pearl Harbor attacks, the rape of Nanjing, and, and from the whole cause, causation-related problems, the creation of the, world, uh, the, the atomic bombs. So, again, Japan might be developing, but they're also in for a very long struggle. And that is a new story. I, I, and I'll yeah. tell you this later one day. Well, that's, that's exciting. Thanks for telling us about the Meiji. I hope I nailed mostly everything right. Well, as long we figured out what our boy, Grandpappy and I were It sounds like our boy is late, it. though. Our boy is happening late in the game. Because especially they're all wearing pants and suit jackets. Well, they're, like like I no. said, they're... Except Samurai Pain. They're definitely, they're definitely was, was, like, the whole throwing people into the world to, to uh, absorb yeah. continued to happen for years after. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if it's late, the fact that he's still doing it, the whole swords thing, I would say the whole sword issue, definitely then pre-1945, because, again, after World War II, the Japanese were forced to surrender all their swords, and so I'm pretty sure your boy could not be walking around London with a sword. Well, we know it's firmly Meiji era, so right. it's got to be pre 19 Yes. So, it's just, it's, um, it sounds like there's a lot of basis for, for Ryunosuke to be running around. It's interesting. And now, the more you know. The more you know. One question I have is, what was the law like before the Constitutional Reformation? It was, I mean, it was the Tokugawa. So it was... It was whatever the Tokugawa said. And Tokugawa had a very strict moral codes that were very in line with Confucian order. Okay. Um, and so, like, you know, you could do no wrong. Like, anything could be punishable. Okay. It just depended on what the, that, the leader of that area said. And it was typically a Tokugawa uh, puppet. Okay. So, most likely, if they They're, have yeah. a court, because they have a Japanese court in this game, it's going to be post that Constitutional Reformation. Yes. And the Constitution was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, based off of 
German constitution. Okay. But the thing is, they did try to keep more of the whole... Shit's just coming together. Yeah, right? Ace Attorney Germany. I I have faith in the Ace Attorney writers. I still don't have faith in the artists, the art team. No. I don't have faith in the art team. Still don't have faith in the art team. But it's just interesting, because they might... I feel like they might make Rianosuke a a contributor right before the Constitution changes. Okay. Go learn about the law in England. See if we can model it. Well, or right after. And then another important thing, a tangent to the whole Germany and Japan issue... Germany decided they wanted to take over all these countries because they were doing a nationalist German movement. The Japanese associated themselves with that movement. But if, if I think if once Japan had if Japan had been able to take over all those territories, Japan would definitely have turned on uh, on Germany, because again, they're they're the ones that have to protect England, uh, the the Asian countries. Mm. Now, where that sentiment ended, whether it ended in India or if it ended in the Middle East, no one knows because no one, you know, they weren't able to do it. Right. But Japanese definitely became friends after World War um, II. And to this day, they're still awesome with the United States. Um, Definitely more treaties and pacts have been happening lately. Yeah. And even though there's, there's still racist tendencies, foreigners, especially from the United States and, and, and Britain, are being... Um, encouraged to go and study in that yeah. era. And I mean, I don't throw to, mean to throw shade at Japan because we got our own racism problems. Well, no, of course. <laughs> well, no, what I'm stating, what I'm stating is they're trying. Yeah. They're very much, and uh, and another whole German to Japanese connection, the Japanese also have the Diet, which is their form of government. Okay. With the oligarch, uh, and, and during the, the Meiji time, it was the oligarchies who headed the, the Diet. Germany also has Diets. Mm. So you could see those connections and that why... Germany and, and J- Japan thought they were very close to each other, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately caused Japan a lot of problems, and Germany yeah. a lot of problems. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, again, I could talk about this stuff forever, yeah. and so I'm going to stop. Now. Okay, well, well, let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. I'm Stephanie, Scotland Yard, Assemble! I'm Michelle, Torture Tornado. Watashi wa komaru desu. Igirendo no ryori ga daisuki desu. Sounds so fucking fluent. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Komo, for doing this. Thank you, Komo. No problem, it was my pleasure. Where else we can, can we find you, Komo? Oh, you can find me on that motherfucking podcast! The one we pimp all the time. Called You Gotta You Be Gotta Be Fickin' Me. And you can find me there. Yeah, so that's high what, as a kite. That's what we do. We rope all of our friends into all of our our <laughs> all endeavors. of our shit, all of our shit, except all the sixteen podcasts I make up on a daily basis. Anyway, so that's your Meiji lowdown. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys find that as informational and as helpful as I did. I'm gonna need to listen back to that because that was a lot of information. Yes, but that's hopefully con- now we all have context. Yay. Yay! Context, and I hope people who don't live in America also know American context now. We're assholes. That's all the context I mean, you need. Pretty. Much. I'm okay with being an asshole. I'm glad. I'm glad. Own it. Live it. So, dream it. um, 
Bad uh, Boys for Life. Everyone can find us. At YGB Fan. No. No. Good no. try. <laughs> Good try. You can find us at, you can email us at objectivistpodcast at gmail.com. If you thought this was good, you want more of this, you hated this, you want to tell us about Meiji shit, anything, really. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can also hit us up on our Tumblr, objectivist.tumblr.com, and do the same thing. Send us an ask. See all the great fan art that Jesse um, reblogs. You can find us on Podcast Garden, object, Jesus Christ. Podcastgarden.com slash podcast. Slash object, object to this. this. Perfect. Also, iTunes, please rate and review us. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps people find us. Yeah. And everyone means a difference to my life. Yeah. Also, Black uh, the, the Hawks win. Sorry. The Hawks won? The Blackhawks won! Also, the Blackhawks won. That's just... What's our question for next week, Stephanie? Okay, remember all those hollow promises I give every <laughs> single episode. Yeah, those promises. I actually did podcast homework. Everyone be proud of me for five seconds. I'm proud of you. Golf clap. Whoop, whoop! All right, those five seconds. All right, so what I did is I went through and looked at all of our old questions. A lot of them were shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to go through right now, and I'm going to read to you all of our old questions. This is an opportunity for you guys to answer those questions to ask new questions, or to just give your opinions on those questions. Yeah, we're revisiting old questions. Yay. Yay. So it's what you wanted. Uh, we never came for a twist. Our age-old question, would you rather hang out for hours with Gant or Manfred? If you have, like, who would I rather? Other worst-case, worst-case characters. And then your, so your answer to that? Do that. But I'm going to go through episode by episode real quick, okay? I can think of a twist real quick here. Are you ready for my twist? Oh, yeah, we did who, have that. Who would you rather hang out with, Kristoff Gavin or Dahlia Hawthorne? That's the twist, episode one. Okay, episode two, which sidekick is most useful and helpful during investigations and court? This originally counted Maya, Emma, Trucy, K. If you could argue gumshoe, good fucking luck. And <laughs> child frenzy, specifically, not prosecutor frenzy, uh, we are not opening Athena to this because Athena's a lawyer, not a sidekick. Not a sidekick. Apollo Justice, also not a sidekick. Alright, episode three we asked, what did you want GS5 and 6 to be? <laughs> so, aka, what's another Ace Attorney game you wanted? We originally said Detective Gumshoe, part-time job, Ace Attorney, Ace Mommy Finder, Ace Matchmaker, Clavier Gavin ruins his life and commits suicide the game. Oh no! Why are we so evil? <laughs> Episode 4 was, besides Larry Butts as the Wicker Man, what other movies and cast would you have for Ace Attorney characters? Nick Cage. Besides, besides that. Besides Nick Cage playing all roles. Besides Larry Butts as Nick Cage. This is one still my favorite. Who would you rather have as a roommate? This was Wendy Olbeg, Sparks Marshalls, or Wesley Stickler. If you have a different lineup... I would like Please to hear it. let us know. Um, and the qualificator for that was, you have to hang out with them sometimes, you live with the fucker. <laughs> uh, episode six, if Japanifornia had a 4th of July, what would the people in the jail cells do? Uh, episode seven, if you had to make uh, an American Ace Attorney game. Movie. Movie. American Ace Attorney movie. Who would the actors be? And which Hollywood actors would fucking ruin it? <laughs> A.K.A. Nicolas Cage as Larry Butts as the Wicker Man. I think a cage would be amazing. <laughs> um, crazy head cannons are always accepted. Always. Uh, what swag should Capcom sell for the 10th year anniversary? Past the 10th year anniversary, <laughs> what swag do we still bring, want? Bring the swag ideas. Post-apocalyptic Ace Attorney, we've oh, beat we, that to death, but if you got something <laughs> we, sweet, 
I would like to hear it. Yeah, we've we've uh, Ace Apocalypse has been killed to death, but bring it back if you want it. Baby I'm cosplays down. are always an option. My nieces too. My nephews four months. Yeah, nephew Gavin. Yep, nephew Gavin. <laughs> I'm gonna die soon. You're all gonna miss me. Um, let's see. Uh, any sort of weird characters we've vetted, like just in case, send those our yeah. way. Or just in case, just in case, or Betty Case slash Andrea Covert, or the stenographer. Who is the stenographer? Do we not remember? Don't remember her name. Don't remember. Um, but I remember Map Up One. Let's see, Mia worked only for Grossberg. That was a good episode. Cause it to ruin Faye's life, and what was that day to day like? And if Maya's ready to bust you out of jail, what would that video game be like? Uh, Grossbook's cool secretary, which we've already figured out. Yep, Andrea Covert, Betty. This is important. Did Stephanie become a domestic terrorist? <laughs> yes. No, I did yes. not. Don't answer that, guys. Yes. I didn't. That was, yes. you were drunk on a pirate ship, if I remember correctly. I mean, it turns out that's what it was. Turns out that's what it was. Always drunk on you know, a pirate I had, ship. You know, I had a bad time. And some bad t-shirts, but some sweet pants. <laughs> Pantaloons, sorry. Pants. Anyway... Um, what do you think about Mustache Edgeworth and Lightning Round Questions? Lightning Round Questions are always, always. game. Yeah. Lightning Round Questions meaning, Michelle, what is sh- uh, question, Questions that we can answer that are specifically to us that we can answer very quickly, which we usually fucking fuck up. But... Which is, who's your favorite character, Godot, and then we gush about yeah. Godot for five minutes. Yeah. Delessa was shot. Uh, how did, how did Magnifi get out of the country with amnesia? Uh, any general discussions about dual destinies? Always still game. We f- I feel like we don't talk enough about Dual Destinies for we some reason. We should talk more about Dual Destinies. Um, so send us your Dual Destiny shit. Yep. Jury system. We've answered that. Nailed it. What do you do when your dad plays your favorite game besi- and besides Abandon the Fandom? <laughs> oh, God. Never mind. Just uh, what is Phoenix Master Plan? I still want theories for that. Why is he collecting magical young adults? Yes. Sam Regal or Bust? Sam Regal or Bust? Always and forever. How did Phoenix get paid for first three games? We've answered. Greek myths. Share your ships. Um, Always share your ships. Greek myths? We talked about Greek myths. Share your ships. You, you miss a lot on this. You miss I a lot know. on this We've had 45 episodes. I yes. know. And I've, I'm all downloaded. Share your ships is, um, uh, sometimes it's unhealthy to keep your ships for fandom secret. Because you end up cheating on your boyfriend with somebody dressed as Francisco von Karma. So, Uh, share your ships, Kamal. It's healthier. Like your OT3, Snow, Lightning, and Fang. I will die with that ship. (laughs) From Final Fantasy XIII. I will go down with this ship. And I'll throw my hands up and surrender. We have a guess as to Michelle's making for a giveaway. Oh, yeah. Um... A plan suggestion, we're going to have multiple places of gifts, and the third place of, like, if you gifts. don't win, of gifts, giveaways. Oh. The If you don't get first, and you don't get second, then you get every one of my empty boxes of Apollo Justice. Thank you, Mappa. <laughs> you get all five empty Apollo Justice boxes. I have one, too. Have you seen the curse? Yeah, no, yeah, they know. Oh, yeah, we've hit the curse. Oh. Komal knows of the curse because she was, she fell victim. As did I. As did Stephanie. At least mine wasn't as bad. Next time you give to someone, they die. Next time. I can't let anyone borrow Apollo Justice. They will die. Can't borrow it. No. Um, the next... Arizona if you want that. That's my response. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. If you have photos of yourself as a attorney character or you know someone, send them our way. We'll send them to the Tumblr. Them. We will put them up for you and you'll get all them notes. All right. And that's pretty much it, right? That's it. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that was object to this, so why don't you object to that? <laughs> <laughs>